2: Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's Malls. It's Please Advise in New York. Again, I don't know what number this is because if we're just recording these, Like you know, I don't know when they're going up. Maybe they're mini episodes. Maybe they're full ones. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I do know that I'm in New York, and I really wanted to write this trip off. Um, so <laughs> I'm recording a bunch of podcasts while I'm here, if you've missed, missed the last couple ones. Um, okay, so you guys know my friend Jolie. She... And I met on my show, this one. She introduced me to a bunch of amazing people, um, even since I've been here. But right now, our guests, um, Casey Johnston and Mary H.K. Choi, who I'm a fucking massive fan. You I'm about to be a bigger fan of. I'm a massive fan of your work. And additionally, you said one of my favorite things I've heard on a podcast in years. I tweeted at you about it, which was you were on the... DTR podcast, the Tinder branded content podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I like, by the way, I love branded content. Bring it. (laughs) I do. I'll bring it to me. I love branded content. It's so satisfying to me. I don't know what it is. I just love branded content. So I'm listening to this thing, and it's about, like, what the hot range you will date. And you said that you like a five that you can eight on. And I was like, that is so me. Like, I would rather date someone who's like... Uh, like you know, oh malls, you're a real personality type, huh No, it's like no, I need to be better looking like this if I will if my partner is less is is better looking than me i I'll spin out.
3: No, I have to empirically and objectively be better looking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. By kind of like a comfortable margin. So if I'm like dipping, I still have that like space.
2: Yes. No, I thought that that was the most brilliant thing I've heard. I was like, I've never heard it described this way. I have had people say to me, literally, Molly, you're a personality girl, aren't you? And I was like, Jesus, thank you. Well, Um, I've been
3: called funny too, along the same (laughs) veins. I'm like, oh, thank you.
2: yeah, Yeah. No, totally. Um, so, yeah, that was that was brilliant. Thank you for being here. Casey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Before we were starting, you were saying that you think you're starting to get allergies right now. And I want to tell you, they do sneak up on you. I didn't know you could develop them. I thought it was like you were either one of those people that were just leaking all of the time my whole life or you're not. And I, I'm a, I'm a leaker now yeah. all the time. I
1: think I might be devel- – I'm either developing into a leaker or – the climate of allergy stuff has just been so bad this year in New York that, like, even I, who do not really have allergies, am allergically reacting to the environment.
2: Okay. Well, I, it is a really bad allergy year for sure. I don't know what it is. I thought it was because I live in, like, I call it a hobbit hole. It's, there's so much greenery and shit where I live, and I, all new plants, all sorts of things. So, yeah, I live in a lot of nature right now. I found out I had allergies because I have a friend that's a good friend, and we were writing together last year. And he said, Molly, you've been sneezing six times a day. Go get some fucking Allegra. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, that is a lot of times to sneeze in a day. Um, It it was very – it just manifested like that, and now I'm a full-blown allergy head. It's not great.
3: Yeah, welcome. I mean, that sort of stuff happens as you age, though. It's kind of like me and my lactose intolerance. I turned 30. The world was, like, here. And I was like, (laughs) what the fuck kind of shit is this?
1: I've heard that that coming around for many people Yeah, but I didn't know it was, like, the the diabetes,
3: where you just got it. Like, you just ran out of something, and Mm -hmm. that's it. Like, I have no lactase in my body. Yeah, you just,
1: like, get... More and more, it's it seems weird. It seems like you should adjust more to the Earth, no, and not less. No, I think less, we're just eroding but, with yeah. the passage of time. I didn't know yeah. you could
2: develop. Lactose intolerance. That's oh yeah, ter- that's terrifying. Yeah, so I love- no more ice cream. <laughs> I so my cousin Dennis. I told everyone is so fucking tired of this story. My cousin Dennis is so allergic to dairy that he tried to like push through it
3: mm.
4: in in
2: in our uh, like I guess like our summer going to freshman year of college. And I had also set him up with my best friend, um, who they're now married. And it's pr- it's remarkable because their first like 12 dates he took her to get ice cream we're from like a summer town so you go get ice cream that's your date and um He threw up on every single date for, like, their first, like, 12
1: dates. Whoa! Yeah. Did he, like, hide it or was he, like?
2: No. Like, I mean, like, also, like, who has any sort of, like, respect or nuance or anything when they're, like, a senior in high school? No one. Well, that's true. (laughs) But you
3: know what? There's something kind of, like, admittedly baller about it. If someone was just, like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm going to push through. I'm fighting through this. I'm going to vanquish this once and for all. And they just, like, were, like, you know, be my friend. I'm going to barf in front of you. I'd be, like, you know what?
1: Yeah, fine. It's I would kind rather of a jackass kind of thing to be like, "Yo, I'm <laughs> yeah, true." <sick." laughs> Dude.
2: Yeah. Uh, so they's. I mean, I, I, she must have handled it really well because they wound up also. They're married. married. Yeah. yeah. There's that. Now they Instant are. Rapport. Um, yeah, I'm like one speed. for one. I yeah. set up one couple, and they're married. Um, very proud of myself. Um, I was not asked to be a bridesmaid in the wedding, but they sat me at the table with all the bridesmaids who were all of my high school friends that I have not talked to in. 15 years or something it was the most awkward thing in the world that is a
3: really specific move
2: and and it was weird too because my parents were there and i remember just like looking back and being like i want to sit with you guys (laughs) like like, this is so weird first of all i'm the only not bridesmaid secondly like i'm the only person who's not married and we were i that was when i was like 25 like we we all chose very different paths very Mm. very different paths um okay So you guys know what we do here, right? We answer phone calls? Yes. Okay. And I asked you guys to please bring three reasons why you're qualified to give advice, right? Yes. Yes. Okay.
3: What are they? Okay. Well, I came straight from my therapist's office, Mm. and he's exorbitantly expensive uh, and he's out of network mm-hmm. oh. and so through transitive properties I think I have like the Super Mario power-up for like the next like at least 45 minutes <laughs> so I'm only dispensing gems via him <laughs> yes perfect <laughs> um the other thing is that I'm a Sagittarius and mm-hmm. I currently live with a Virgo oh so one of us is incredibly wise and diplomatic and that one is me <laughs> hmm And lastly, I have interviewed (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow at literal GoopCon, so I legit asked no everything. How was she? I mean, she was like staring into the sun. I'm like, oh, you have (laughs) nothing to do with me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's like the type of like staggering affluence Mm -hmm. where you're like, this doesn't even put me in a bad mood.
2: Yeah, no, I was at a party once and and we briefly made eye contact, and I was like, well, it's never going to get better than that. Like, (laughs) it's pretty much Gwyneth Paltrow just looks at me, so that's pretty much it. Um, And by the way, do Virgos hate Capricorns? I don't know. Okay, I think they do, and it makes me sad because I like so many Virgos.
3: I love a Virgo. They're just really, really pedantic and specific. Mm -hmm. And, like, people think that Tauruses are tough, but Virgos are really tough because it's almost like – I don't know. They're like kind of a dirty bomb. Like it just gets everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like it gets on them and they're in pain and you're like, oh my God. And so you get up close and you're a Sagittarius. So it's like, oh my God, let me give you all this unsolicited (laughs) advice or,
1: or let me help you. But they're, such perfectionists. Oh my god. I can't I can't think about th- I can't think of a Virgo that I know. Really. Actually. But my mom's a Sagittarius. Oh yeah. Yay.
2: Yeah, I think Sagittarius is like my moon is in Sag or oh, something. Right on, I just right found on. that out this year and I found I think it was I know it is because the second one, it's whatever the second one is, I'm a Gemini
1: and I almost cried. I was like, <laughs> oh no. I'm a a. Ge- I'm a Gemini. What is it? I'm a rising. I'm a Scorpio rising Gemini moon. Moon, which yeah. Which is like That all makes so much sense. Yeah, totally.
2: I always think I'm an Aries moon. For some reason, I'm not. So that's good. (laughs) It's not great to have your moon in Aries, I've heard. Casey, what are your...
1: Okay, I went went very hard credentials with mine. But um, I... So I would be good at giving advice because I have... I went to engineering school. Mm -hmm. And I have a bachelor's of science in a science. Mm -hmm. So that's like... What science? Something. Applied physics. Okay, oh, that's a that's,
3: hell of a sign.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is so intimidating. Um, yeah, it's extreme. Um, okay. Also, you're an asshole. You just totally <laughs> called all my shit soft, which I will take. It's well, I, it's like it's lame to like just go down my resume, but that was like all it. Well, oh, we'll get. we'll it'll get better. I Part promise. of
2: the reason why I love this exercise is because I like to see what people bring to the table. Right. Like some, I had someone show up with a
1: printed list last <laughs> week. So like, you're all good. Um, i very boring. I'm a very boring, straightforward person. Um, no. My other thing is that I can deadlift 300 pounds.
2: What? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. And then what? Um, my last,
1: <laughs> I was like, I was like brainstorming earlier, like just trying to think of things. And I was like, you know, it's a weird thing about me that I think is a pretty good credential is like, I know a weirdly high number of like bad white people band rap verses. Oh. Like, uh, The Blues Traveler hook thing. Oh. The, um, (laughs) what was the other one? La Vie Bohème was another thing I could think of. That's not, like, so white. Um, Why do you know this? One Week Bare Naked Ladies. Because this is just, like... I don't know this is my back this is more like my heritage than like something I continue to do but it's just like I don't know I'm looking at you like citation needy because I would
3: (laughs) never know to fact check any of this ask me
1: um, right I could make it up on the spot and be like wow that
2: (laughs) sounds like bare
1: naked ladies
2: I've seen the bare well I was going to say ask me how many times I've seen the bare naked ladies I'll just
3: tell you five whoa I know because I'm from Boston what was the most recent time you saw them
2: oh like high school okay good because if it was like
3: two weeks ago (laughs) no you guys like,
2: I fucking love the bare naked ladies here's the thing is that they were a really good live band and they were a very good touring band for a really for a great many years and so i think i only paid to i never paid actually in boston they do this thing called kiss concert which is basically like jingle ball except it's like on crack and so you literally have like i saw britney spears in sync uh, fucking counting crows blessed union of souls all in one day all these people and then i J Lo was
3: there. Christina Aguilera was there. Now you're just saying. And names. No, and no. It was, and then,
2: and then the headliner was. Oh my God, I can't even remember who the headliner was. Like Aerosmith. So like it was literally. It's their Eiffel 65 was there. Okay. So I remember. So I saw them there once. That was probably the last time I saw. them in my senior year of high school. Um, I was I, gonna
3: say I like know the denim silhouette for this particular era. Oh so yeah, well.
2: no, <laughs> totally. oh, you know, you know. Oh, the silhouette that I I often wonder is the boot cut ever going the, to return. I think, I it, think, will.
3: I think back. it will. I think it's coming back right now. But that, Yeah, but that was like the boot cut
1: low rise. Yes. It yeah. was like oh, a visible that was, butterfly. That was like a, real, a button fly. That, is that was the cruelty of that yeah. area was the, the yeah totally. Oh but it also God. just
3: got kind of weird because it was like, okay, so I see where your navel is.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But and where's your vagina?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I always wonder that. Like I with Britney Spears, I'm always like, "Girl, where's your vagina though?" Like cuz like I feel like there's not a lot of room there. <laughs> not um but I have to wear low rise still to this day, which is impossible to find cuz I have no torso. So, oh, really? I look like my pants come up to my tits even when they are low rise. So um, the, the high-rise trend has been difficult for me. Mm. It hasn't been the easiest time in my life. Huh. Um, boot cut I could do without coming back to you. I'm really just lo- – I love skinny jeans. I think
1: – oh, I saw somebody with a pair of boot cut pants. I was like – I someone – they started writing about boot cup coming back like two years ago, and I was like, "No way! I love skinny jeans. Never, not skinny jeans, ever again in my life." But I then don't wear jeans. The other mm. day, I was on the street and I saw a girl not in jeans, but in like pants, and they were like boot cup pants. I was like, "Those look so cool." I like, really? sk- I like creep shot at her. But aren't those I'll like circa Express going out
3: pant? Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, oh, it's like
1: flammable and like. I hope because you're like a better fashion person than me. I hope you will see it and be like, "Oh yeah, I get it." I am
3: so fickle and easily swayed. <laughs> (laughs) Like, I'm a little bit already on your side. Okay. I want to
1: show you the picture and, like, just see what you think.
2: That's really funny. I, um, just so you guys know, the way I came up with this exercise, uh, the three reasons why you're qualified is we did, like, a little brainstorming session a couple years ago, and um, I... Basically, like we were just talking and I said, you know, I don't know who the fuck I am to be giving any advice. I have a UTI from a guy I met on Tinder. And like I was like, oh, that's exactly why I should be giving advice. <laughs> like I've lived. Um, so that's that's the point of this. It's not, you know, no one's I'm certainly not qualified to give advice. So I appreciate the answers y'all brought. You are
1: very intimidating. The sci- I mean, science really. That's why I deadlift so chose. that I can be this. I live my life to be like as intimidating as possible. I think. So
2: how are you that this creative as well? Because you work creatively, right?
1: I do sort of. <laughs> I try like no, I am, you do. That's like Stop. not. That's Don't like be a girl. the part. <laughs> this is like yeah. the second time you said this today. I I feel like that's maybe the part of my job that I'm worst at. Mm. i try to be better all of the time but i have found that like my creativity so to speak like i read about people like i think zadie smith has written a bunch of times like i just start at the beginning and like see where the story goes i don't know how you could write a story otherwise but i need to like brute force it and like write down all of the possibilities and then like fit them together like that's how i have to like that's actually creative. how they recommend
2: you do it really i think so i mean
1: oh totally i've you been told yeah. yeah
2: with script writing they say like you're Think of one idea and then think of five other ways that exact idea can go and then go with the one you like best, even if you know your first idea is going to be the best. And I I, I just – it's a really fucking tough exercise and I do find that it just forces me to, like, think of a world in a new way, you know? In a
3: world. In a world.
2: <laughs> um, can I talk about briefly how I fucking hated that movie mainly because they were making fun of tiny voices? And I'm like, you know, girls that talk like squeaky, like, like vocal fry, like, th- that, no, like, or like, like, like,
5: like, no, it was like baby talk. Oh.
2: <laughs> and it was like, those girls are molested. Like, that's a lot of times it's a symptom of molestation. And I was like, this really? is, I was like, oh, when is someone gonna make the comment that people with tiny right. voices? are oftentimes victims of sexual assault at a young age. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. But what happens is, is their voice...
3: It's, like, trapped in fucking it, amber. It freezes. It freezes oh to the time that they were abused. Well, nice to start this on a narrowing note. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's, like... <laughs> really, it just gets better. That and also, like, so many roads lead to trauma mm-hmm. and oh. abuse and, like... It's, like, so fucked up. Yeah.
2: I was thinking about that. I mean, not to keep... R- repeatedly bring up 9-11, which I've been doing, I've noticed, nonstop since I've been here. And I'm like, Molly, like, why... It's a very 9-11 town. I know why I'm doing it. I know why I'm doing it. It's because I'm in New York and I'm thinking about 9-11 all the time. But it just made me realize I think about 9-11 all the time anyway. I'm just huh. now vocalizing it. And I think I... I think most of our generation has some sort of PTSD from nine eleven. Like I think we all are a little traumatized.
3: The weird thing I've learned too is like how loosey goosey and wobbly our generation is because I've definitely worked with people where they are too young to have remembered. Oh yeah, like they they were shielded by their parents <laughs> from the actual thing.
2: My last guest was being breastfed while nine eleven happened. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Marcel um, is the mom. She had her daughter Ruby here who wrote a book. It's she's phenomenal. Seventeen years old. She and I. She said, "Oh, I'm Ruby Harper. Yeah. that book. Yeah, yeah." Mm-hmm. And she said, um, "I've known them since Ruby was like ten, because she was one of our first writers for Hello Giggles." And um, I. Uh, I was like, I'm sorry, you were breastfeeding during 9-11? Like, that is crazy that Ruby has not, didn't live that day. Yeah, That totally. also happened, can I bring it up for a fourth time? My senior year of high school, which is so weird because Pearl Harbor happened my grandmother's senior year of high school. Wow. What happened to you guys' senior
1: year of high school? <laughs> Anything? Nothing. I
3: don't remember. It like, was my
1: freshman year of high school, it was 9-11, so like, it was like, I was like four days into high school and it was like,
3: 9-11. Ta-da! Yeah, yeah totally. I'm trying to remember what I was doing senior year of I was like I discovered raves mm. is what happened to me. That's that's <laughs> So fun. that's a part of my journey as well. Were a you fan. drinking
2: and in and and uh, drugging during high school?
3: I was drinking super early because I grew up in Hong Kong and okay. so the legal drinking age was like shrugs. Yeah. It's, it's like literally the moon emoji. So it was yeah, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just like a part of my life. That's um. really
2: funny. Um I know, isn't weed, like, really bad over there? It's, like, the worst thing you can do.
3: Yeah, I mean, weed in China, specifically, right now, is really bad. And I even hate that I have to, like, call Hong Kong a part of China, which it is, since 97. But I didn't grow up with weed. Like, the big thing with us was, like, heroin. It's kind of like America Mm. now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, that was... Heroin's big. That was what everyone went to rehab for. And it was, like, China, white, fucking, like, it wasn't, like, super cut with shit, so you could, like, snort it, and everyone was just, like... And now that lovely Swiss boy has to go to rehab in the <laughs> Philippines like <laughs> that, that was just lovely what it was. Swiss boy also, also you just said New York is a 9-11 town and yeah. that really made me it. Laugh. It's <laughs> so
2: kind of a 9-11-y sort of town. Um, I do say though I'm from Boston where a lot of people forget that's where the planes took off so it's like there's a little bit of like a Boston and I'm not trying to co-opt that 9/11. is so Boston
3: of you to do as <laughs> yes, a move.
1: make it about Boston.
2: <laughs> All right, you know what? Uh, this actually is so fun. I went on a date last night with a guy who's from here and he's was trying to like do like Boston jokes to me and I was like oh no 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 like I don't need to win this fight with you like don't <laughs> no. don't go there because it's going to get real ugly real fucking fast and it's just going to be me leaving <laughs> um I have like you know some I'm, I'm prideful um but anyway I, I think that people forget that not, they took off from Boston so I we a lot of the people that were on the physical fucking planes so it's were, your fault it was our fault. Oh, wow. A lot of the people who were on the physical planes were people like, some kid I went to high school was grandma was on one of the Shit. planes. Yeah. One of my mom's friend's fiance. So, like, by the way, like, there's no good side of 9 11 to be in, but I do think about how crazy that must have been on the plane all the time.
3: Well, there was that really good joke in The Big Sick, oh. that Kumel Nanjiani 9 <laughs> 11 joke. It was, it's, it's. Oh, I still haven't seen The Big Sick. It's incredible. That. Tell joke. me. No, I, I can't. You just have to Is watch. Is it going to ruin
2: the movie? I know she not gets a, sick.
3: Not at all.
2: <laughs> right. She gets sick in a
3: big way. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty big. No, just just watch it. It's, it's really good. That's a perfect plane movie. Not to, yeah. Okay, good, circle. good. Yeah.
2: I'm, t- I'm taking JetBlue. Shout out JetBlue. We had some fun on Twitter the other day. Um, I, I'm going to go into our calls. Now, I realize that so far I've talked about my cousin Dennis uh, again. I've brought up how many times I've seen bare naked ladies, 9 11, and uh, molestation. So I think we're off to a really good start. And I'm hoping, because I don't normally run the soundboard at all, I'm hoping that um, whatever calls we take are not as morbid as everything I feel naturally inclined to bring up today. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm sorry, guys. Welcome to the show. Um, All right. Here are the calls.
6: Hey, mall. Hey, Christina. I love the show. Uh, I'm calling for the first time because I really feel very stuck in my life. I feel like I keep committing to these projects with other people for other people that I really don't feel all that passionate about. And, neglecting things that I really want to work on so I'm a writer an actor and a filmmaker and I'm also an editor and I feel like I get taken advantage of a lot because friends or like family members will ask me to edit their stuff for very cheap or free and I don't want to help them out um, I'm constantly just like working on these projects for other people and it keeps me from working on the projects that I'm really passionate about and I really care about. And I don't know if it's because I like the validation of other people being appreciative of my work, even though they're really not that appreciative of it, or if I'm afraid of, like, risking, I don't even know what, by, like, investing in my own personal projects. But I guess what I'm asking is, like, how do I commit to and find the passion for working on my own screenplays my own filmmaking my own career and kind of how do I tell people no when they ask me to work on their project all the time thanks
2: um can I just start by saying that like You've got way too many jobs. Like you have to pick a lane, I think a little bit and I don't, and I don't mean in life like you have to stay in your lane or whatever. I just mean you can't be an actress and a singer and a model and a fashion designer and an editor. Like it's just whatever all of those you just listed 12 things that are very very difficult things to achieve in and of themselves. So I think concentrating on all those things at once is also probably a little bit of a detriment to you and god bless her my friend Jackie O lashes um she does my friend Jackie Johnson does eyelashes she had to tell me she's like I can't do your lashes anymore and I was like why she's like I'm just quitting she's like I got I'm I have I'm making extra money doing my podcast now like I don't need to do this anymore like I just stopped ordering the glue and like and and I was like but you'll still do me right and she was like no like I'm done and I was like I didn't take it well, I'm going to be honest with you, but I really, I have to say, like, I respect the fuck out of that. I respect the fact that she was like, no, I'm just not, I don't need $100 to sit here and glue hair to your face. Like, you, I, I do this now. And that's like, it might be one way to do
3: it. Just, I don't do that anymore. I'm not doing it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, no one can fault you for choosing yourself. And anyone who does, it's like, that's really easy. That is such a litmus test for that being a garbage trash person who doesn't care about you. Mm -hmm. And also, like, I agree. Like, the whole waffling thing between all these job descriptions, like, that is like a huge self-sabotaging instinct. And as someone who is a writer, and actually in my case, also a television host and a podcast, whatever. (laughs) But, you know, predominantly I'm a writer and The thing is, like, you are finding so many inventive ways to procrastinate. And I feel like this is a fear-based mechanism.
1: That's what I was going to say next. I know. That was my inclination. No, totally. To go. And, like, like, and, yo, you have the fucking algorithm.
3: Like, you know your editing shit pays, that there is an industry standard for that. Get that to underwrite what you want to do. But also, like, don't sit here and, like, psychoanalyze yourself and all this other stuff when ultimately you're scared you aren't choosing yourself and it's super easy for you to start doing that Mm -hmm. you just have to do it
1: yeah you're like fiddling around with all of this little shit and being put upon by these people as an excuse to yourself to not get started on your own stuff and it's hard to like choose that. It feels scary. It's risky. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. But you, no one's going to choose it for you. You have to choose it. No one else is going to be like, oh no, I want to leave you alone to like work on your stuff. They're, people are always going to be like on you wanting stuff from you. You have to be the one who says no. Like, yeah,
3: you're in, like people are inherently selfish. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just garbage. So you have to just be Choosing yourself back, and no one can call that selfish, and anyone who does is just wrong. Mm-hmm.
2: The reality is, is, like, you want to be, and it sounds like at least one of those things, they're all very elite fields. And, like, it's not something that you don't, you do through not working hard. I mean, no one just, you you know, you can say whatever you want, but, like, everyone has to work for their shit. And um, I have found myself in your exact scenario where I'm like riding a pilot with someone and I'm like one foot in, one foot out or like doing this stuff. I recently started doing a lot of psychedelics um, and it's been been great. Um, And I had this breakthrough probably two or three times ago, which was like, I was just, I went into the bathroom and I was like looking in the mirror and I was crying and I was like, why do you do this to yourself? Like, why are you always, like, signing up for things that you don't want to be a part of really or that you know are, like, not going to be the the big thing, the answer to your questions? And what – like, why do you think that you need that? And I just – and I remember looking at myself and being, like, the answer is, like, I'm literally fucking looking at it, dude. Like, it's you. Like, it's always been you. Anything that I've ever done that's been good or that I'm proud of is something I've done on my own and that no one was, like, I didn't, you know – there I've realized that I'm more useful sometimes to other people than they are to me and like that I have to remember that and value that like I don't need a partner on certain things I can do it myself you know and sometimes if it, if it works out great like Christina who I normally um, who who runs this podcast for me she's my best friend of eight years that's a great relationship in my life I wrote a script last year with my friend but also the, writing that script with my friend wasn't a great thing for my career like it took me out of staffing for a season it um you know i sold it but i had to split all the money 50/50 like and it i wasn't able to use it as a sample cuz another person's name was on it too and like while that was a fun thing to do it ultimately was kind of a hit in some ways too and so i just want to throw out that throw that out there to you is that like even if let's say Let's imagine a scenario in which you write a script with someone and it sells. That person's your fucking writing partner now. <laughs> like, you, that's, you have a partner now. And that's how you will get representation is with the partner. And if you if you and that partner break up, you won't have representation anymore. There's also smart way, you need to just think about it for, like, what is, what is, what is this going to get me? Like, what is this really going to get me? I know right now it makes me feel like I'm doing something. But if the, let's say all these best case scenarios happen, What would I be left with? And the answer is, in this case, a fucking writing partner. And so I just, like, just also legally just, you know, don't fuck around with people, man. I don't
1: know. be, Be alone. I want to say two things about choosing your lane, if you will. One thing. All right. Let me organize my thoughts. One thing is that, like, I feel like this might be just, like, my confirmational bias. But I feel like I see a lot of people where success in one area begets success in other areas Mm -hmm. like if you are a successful writer if you do well enough people start to ask to have you on a podcast like I would say that's me right now even though I'm like not a I've not really done anything with podcasts it's like you will benefit from focus on one thing oh totally absolutely and then the other thing is that I've, I've This is like some productivity literature, like Zen habits thing, but oh, I do that a
2: lot. Here I have
1: fun. read that <laughs> it's important in life if you there's there's some like little exercise where it's like you write down the five most important things to you in life, like say your five most important careers. Number one is the one you should focus on. And then two through five is what you have to deliberately not focus on to succeed at one. You have to say no to yourself. You have to say no. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah.
3: No. And also from like a receiving standpoint, it's like you're going back to your point of like getting known for one thing that Mm you complete. Like the world is vast and there's a lot of people like entities that make decisions and have money like to know what you seo for Mm -hmm. so it's like if they know what they're going to you for like and you have a certain amount of notoriety and like a thing like that's like half of their thinking done for them which Mm -hmm. is great and then Mm -hmm. once they have you they can ask what else you're interested in and what else you're good at Mm -hmm. but it's true like unless you make that first mark you're kind of, you, you're not shit. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Also, going back to your point about all these job descriptions ha- being, like, extremely elite, like, yeah, each one of these lanes is, like, a kingdom based on nose <laughs> first. Like, you have mm-hmm. to, like, eat so much rejection and do so much, like, kind of, like, painful shit to make any one of these pop. And so you should start collecting your nose and your painful shit.
2: It's true. I always say that. People are like, oh, I'm sorry that didn't work out. I'm like, nothing works out. I work in a rejection-based business. Like, totally. You well, you're lucky if you win once. Like, mm-hmm. if you win twice, you're like the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet. Like, you ne- it's, like you rarely strike multiple times, especially in a, in a business like this. So it's like time to get started, girl. It's <laughs> yeah, time to totally. fucking concentrate. Um, and you sound like a really sweet person. But I, one last piece of advice I want to give you, and then I'll shut the fuck up do another call. Um, unless one of these ladies wants to say something else. I, um, I want you to know that just for representation and like just thinking in terms of the business that you want to be in, it's very important that when you are, um, when you're pursuing a career like this, that you market yourself to people. And there's one type of person that no one in Hollywood take seriously, which is the person who hasn't done anything, but, you know I want to be a singer, but I also want to be a model, but I also can act and like I like to write too. It's they don't no one wants to represent that because they don't know how to sell it. Mm. So you have to pick what you want and then address yourself as that. and then, but say I also, you know, later you can say I also do this and I also do this. I mean, I see my agency uses me for one thing, writing. I can go into them and say I have podcasts, I have this, I have that. They don't care. I mean, they do care, but like the, it's not. It, it's only recently that they've realized, like, oh, the podcasting thing's working out for you. It's like, yeah, dude, like I'm doing this for three years. Like, thanks for che- like thanks for tuning in. I realize people just want what they what they know how to mark. Now they understand. Now they're like, okay, a podcast, but it took many years of working with people for them to be like oh she writes and she does that too um i do this just as much actually so um yeah just think about the marketing aspect of it all branding you guys um okay anything else to say to this lovely girl
3: no i think we covered it can you got call
2: it. us back though three two three four five zero seven four zero eight and let us know What do you decide to go with? Um, And I'd like to know where you are in like a year from now. It would be awesome if you followed up with us because we do, you know, we see a lot of good stuff when y'all follow up. Um, Okay, there's one call I really want to play that, let me see if they have it.
5: Hey Malls, Christina and guest uh, this is Brittany calling from Nashville and I have a question about dating um, I'm 31 I've been single for a few years now just kind of like casually dating um, but I've gotten to the point where I'm like really ready to uh, start taking dating seriously and like I'm ready for like to build a life with a partner. Um, it's something that I've always wanted, you know, I really want kids someday. Um, and I'm actually in grad school to become a marriage and family therapist, uh, probably work more with like kids and families, but I just really value relationships. And, um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of, um, benefit to having a partner that you can depend on and trust and, um, all that kind of stuff. So, something I think about a lot. Um, and so I've been on like Bumble, Tinder. I got on Match, which has been a nightmare. Um, and it seems like either everyone is just like absolute garbage. Um, Nashville is probably a lot like LA and that there are lots of, uh, musicians, which whatever, that's just not like my lifestyle. Um, and, or just, I don't know, people who are like, uh, I don't know the PC way to say this, but just like very Republican. It's the South. Um, so it's been hard to like find someone who is really smart and intelligent and interesting and, um, who also wants a serious relationship. It's like all of those guys still, want to like play around and not settle down. And they're constantly looking for the next best thing. And, um, I, I don't think that people should settle, but I also think that there's this like thing in our generation and our culture of, um, always thinking there's something better around the corner instead of like really investing in, uh, like one person, And so it's just really frustrating. And I'm at a point where I'm like, do I just kind of like, not give up, but just kind of like stop being so proactive about trying to find someone like get off Bumble, get off Match, like stop looking Um, or do I like keep at it and keep trying? I, I really don't know. It's like, uh... I feel like neither one is a good choice. So, I don't know. Uh, please advise.
2: I don't think there's anything not not PC about saying someone's very Republican. We all agree on that, right? <laughs> oh,
3: totally. Okay. But I don't think you can say it. W- like, I don't, I can't say it without it being eye ITALs, though, just because I have so much disdain for them. <laughs>
2: well, no, that's it is true. And, like, it's also something that, like, we run into a lot here where sometimes we'll get emails from our Republican fans being like, but... I love you. I don't. And it's like, I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, you don't have to listen. Like I, I really apologize. Um, I'm like, sorry, you're bummed. Um, I don't know, guys. So we're not the best people to answer this just by nature of the fact that or I will say that I'm not. Because I live in L.A., which is, I think, different. And I don't run into a lot of Republicans. And I was very surprised by our last elections results. <laughs> um, and so I, that's one thing that I don't deal with. The musicians thing is interesting because mm. they are really rough. They're going to, I'm going to give you that there. I don't like to generalize things. I thought, I thought, you know, for a while I've always dated comedy people because I need someone who can make me laugh. And that gets jokes. Like I just need, I can't deal with someone who's like, what? Um, <laughs> but I tried dating a musician. I tried to do like a different move and like, it was a way bigger disaster. So I do think that you have something there. I think that that's all, that's a very uh, daunting thing as well. Um, What do you guys suggest? I do know that match is terrible. It's like homework. You have to, like, do so much. But
3: all of it's homework, I guess that's my point. It's like I don't think the move is to wholesale just, like, stop doing it. I think there's a lot to be said for kind of, like, maybe hitting pause on it and just sort of shaking it out and being like, ugh, like, reset. But I do think there's, like, a couple things that I want to point out, and that is you're – I mean – this pursuit sounds super loaded just from the fact that, like, I think that and, you know, I don't know if this is necessarily your case, but you you probably know a lot about what a healthy relationship is, given what you're pursuing in school, like marriage therapy and all that stuff. And, you know, e- even when you say Republican and. Musician and all this stuff, like taxonomically, I completely feel you as to why these things might be undesirable. But it also sort of indicates to me that you might actually have a pretty, um, not exhaustive but like specific list of qualifications and or traits. Yeah, and I just think that there is a little bit of going into it. It's it's really important to know what you want, but I think there is a little bit of pressure that you're applying not only to whomever you're you're meeting but also to yourself in terms of what you're looking for Mm because i feel like you're you feel like you're heading towards a finite destination and i think as all things with relationships with like mortals that kind of is setting yourself up for a little bit of disappointment that is just my particular take on it plus i'm with a musician boom (laughs) oh (laughs) big
2: surprise Uh, but she's not rough right or he
3: no, not at all. I mean, he's the best human being ever. Like, I keep calling him signs of life because I'm like, I didn't know you existed. Do Anna. you
2: also like that I just assume everyone is either bi or a lesbian on this podcast always? I think
3: that is absolutely the way to go. It's yeah. just
2: the way to go, right? That yeah, I guess totally. your partner was female first. That I'm so and, progressive. Well,
3: that, yeah, massive compliment. Thank <laughs> you. I will receive that. Um, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. Casey, what do you think?
1: I agree with you on the on the marriage family therapist thing. I feel like there was a lot in the beginning of the call where it was like mm-hmm. I think having a partner is like super important and like it's something I really want, but it's like that but then it's like she also th- said I think I'm ready to start dating, so I wasn't really sure how like you never dated anyone before, mm-hmm. like is this going to be like your one perfect like trek to find the perfect person? Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell, but like having the focus on being, like, finding a partner is just a lot of pressure, like, in the same way that everything you were just saying. But- I mean,
3: it's kind of, like, that whole thing. Like, I don't want to be that person to be, like, you're doing it wrong, or, like, you're not believing, or like, you're, like, believing in the wrong way, or, like, mm-hmm. you're not flexing the right muscle. Yeah. But, like, it, it is, and I hate this, and this is probably, like, 9-11 talk, but, like, it's <laughs> kind of like Charlotte in Sex and the City. Like... Mm-hmm. Yes. It mm-hmm. just, like... You have an idea of what you want and as you probably should in terms of like, you know, what you're pursuing. And even like the flip side of it, it's like because, you know, you're studying like marriage therapy and counseling and stuff and like what a family is, you know, you probably even know, know it well enough to be like, I object, like I intellectually know that human beings are snowflakes. I know that. So it's not that I'm, like, expecting someone specific, but you still could be maybe expecting someone specific. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Do you think there's anything to the fact that, like, she said, I'm, you know, I'm ready to start looking for a partner. It's like, were you not, like, were you intentionally not looking before? Yeah, I
3: think that brings up a really interesting question about what the situation was like prior. Like, was she, like, super focusing on schoolwork? Like... You know, what was are you getting out of a big thing that was like amazing? Oh, no, she was she's been single for they a few say, years, yeah,
2: yeah. they do say though, like, I mean, I don't know. I personally am a, like a subscriber to the belief that, like it's when you don't need a relationship anymore that you're probably the most ready to be in a relationship. yeah, um, totally. you know, it's like it's all about that moment when I, for me, it's been anyway, and I'm not in a relationship right now. But for me, it's been a very self-satisfying thing to get to a certain age and realize like, like, this could be it, and I would be totally fucking fine with that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need – I don't – I just had to redo some stuff in my house this year, and the entire time I was thinking, like, thank God I don't have to ask anyone else what they think about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, that would actually kill me if I was, like, having to take in another person's – and maybe that means I'm not ready for a relationship. But I also think that it just was – it just was such a validating feeling because I think in my – 20s, I really walked around being like, God, like, am I going to find the one? Like, am I going to be in a relationship? Am I going to get married? How am I going to have a career and do that? It was really, like, only when I stopped thinking about it that I started to, one, be so appreciative. I just am so... I am so appreciative for my autonomy right now. Like, I can't even tell you. I want that for you, you know? And I know that, like, obviously, she clearly places a very high value on relationships, obviously. Mm -hmm. And
3: also marriage and kids. Yes. And so Mm -hmm. that automatically it's like the telltale heart rate it's like <laughs> you just feel that thrum of like the metronome just like mm-hmm. holy shit but <laughs> i think that you kind of have to table that yeah as best you can like that's really hard and it's li- yeah it's i think the, the thing that we should also sort of point out is that i do think that she's doing everything right in terms of like putting herself out there and like doing the homework because i don't think that there's anything fun about that yeah
1: and, the uh dating apps are so tedious to use. It's like so hard to get somebody in person to like actually go oh, out I with have
2: you. A, I have a rule. You do five back and forths. The five, literally five texts. <laughs> And at that point, you know whether or not you want to meet the person in real life. And then you say, let's go get a drink. You can't have a pen pal. You don't – you're too busy for a pen pal. That's
3: what always happens. God, yeah. I mean, like, getting to inbox zero would be a fantasy, (laughs) let alone, like, needing to fucking meet people to text a bunch. No,
2: I hate that. Like, I I don't need – I don't need a pen pal. Mm -hmm. I really don't. And I say that – I actually think I say that in my Tinder profile. Like, I have friends I text. Like, I'm trying to find someone I want to, like, hook up with or, like – be in a relationship Also, with.
3: you get paid for words. It's like, married. Right, right, <laughs> right, There's
2: that. That's actually the other thing, too, is I'm like, dude, I would rather be, if I'm going to do this for free right now, I'd rather do it with, it's so why I fucking hate match and all that shit. I was on match for one week. I went out with a really boring guy who made nachos at my house. It was so weird. <laughs>
1: um, and he brought me socks on the date, which was very sweet, but super strange. Wow. Um, I want to say one more thing, too, that someone said to me recently... And I wish I could remember who it was, but it was so harrowing, but also so true and such like a good, at least for me, principle to operate by, which is that like they were like, even if you find someone like your perfect person, you have the perfect mm-hmm. relationship, perfect marriage, perfect children, perfect house. It all goes well. Statistically, he's going to die and you're going to be alone again and you're going to have to keep living somehow without him. It's like Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way... You need to be able to live that way. Like, and I don't think you should have to have been through all of that in order to be able to, like, be alone, you know, like. Totally. That's that was very, like, clarifying to me was that, you know, even if you find a good person. They die. Yeah. They all die. Yeah, men. I mean, it's true. It's
3: edifying to sort of, like, know on some some level that, like, you can keep your own company.
1: Yes.
2: Marriage is a setback is essentially what we're saying. <laughs> um, Basically. It, no, it does seem like one, though. Now that you put it that way, it's true. I do think about dying alone a lot, but um, <laughs> I do because I'm an only child as well. So mm. it's like I – just, like, who's going to be at my deathbed? Like, my dog will be dead by then, too. Like, who will I have? I don't know. But like, I mean, it's also not the worst feeling.
3: Yeah, it's like – it's just – also, it's probably delusional to think that there's any alternative. Right. No, let's be fucking honest. Like, <laughs> I'm not having kids, and so sometimes I'm like, whoa, blah, but then I'm like, eh, you know what? If I'm like losing control of my faculties and like you know things are going it's just like you know beep 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 bye
2: (laughs) do you know you're not having kids yeah you're like just like don't want them
3: i do not want them yeah the prospect is highly undesirable to me
2: i only want them if it's an ideal scenario and and what is ever really ideal you know i don't i don't think i could i don't think i could raise a child on my own i wouldn't do that to a kid i like also i don't not that it's it's not terrible for all people. For me, I wouldn't be able to do it myself in a, in a good enough way.
3: Yeah, I think you have to very passionately and unequivocally want them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's kind of bullshit that it seems to be, like, a default setting for, mm-hmm. like, families. But then on the the other flip side of that is, like, if I wanted a kid as badly as I didn't want a kid and I couldn't have one, I would feel so betrayed by my own body <laughs> that it would make mm-hmm. me so crazy. Yeah. It would yeah. be so sad.
1: I think, too, in the... To go back to my Golden Girls thing is that like this may be hard in some place like Nashville, but like I think it sort of touches on the importance of fulfilling relationships outside of a romantic Mm. relationship. It's like you really it's not it's like not only having that good relationship with yourself, but like having a supportive social network can be as good or better than having like one supportive partner in some ways, you know, so I would it doesn't like one doesn't replace the other, but.
3: Yeah, I mean, we're not saying, like, you know, it's just as good. Sex, (laughs) what sex? Like, you know, it's just like you're clearly, like, doing your best, and you sound like, you know, like a decisive and forthright person. And, you know, I think you are, yeah, just running up against the fact that, like, people are hard to meet, and that and technology has made it harder. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that that would be really disingenuous to say that that is not the case. But I think you're doing a good job, and... Yeah, maybe sort of just self-audit a little bit as to your motivations and what you're looking for, Mm -hmm. and then just keep going.
2: I think that's really good advice, you guys. Thank you um, for calling. And, uh, yeah, call us back if you meet your special someone. Um, I'd love to know about it. But if not, like, love yourself, girl. You know, you're doing great. We all are. We're trying our fucking best. (laughs) All right, here's our next call.
4: Hello, Molly, Christina, and guest. Um, my name is Heather. I'm 35 years old. I live in Connecticut. I'm calling with an update. I called back in 2015. Um, it was in the beginning of 2015. Um, I don't fully remember why I called. I I know it had something to do with like, you know, being young and a mom and a wife and, you know, drinking and, um... You know at the time I had a problem, but I didn't fully admit that I had a problem. Needless to say, the world around me crumbled shortly thereafter. I found out that my husband cheated on me uh, with somebody 10 years younger that he was working with um, and I, I immediately filed for divorce and we we split up. Um, I went off the deep end, um, drinking morning, noon, and night. When I didn't have my kids, I was partying. I was, you know, doing drugs and just, um, going wild, you know, trying to mask whatever pain I was in. It was pretty awful. What transpired over the course of a year? Um, I got divorced at the end of 2015. I went to rehab two days later I spent a month in treatment. Um, I got out. I went to meetings. I um, basically changed everything in my life. Um, flash forward to now. I currently have almost two years clean. Um, I have a good co-parenting relationship with my ex, even though there was a lot of anger there. He's still with his girlfriend that he cheated on me with, and that's kind of hard, but you know, it is what it is. It's life. Um, I, I remember you had somebody call in about, you know, thinking that they had a problem with smoking pot or whatever they, they were doing. And, you know, it's a hard thing to admit and it's a hard thing to do, but there is support out there. You know, I go to meetings, used to go to meetings every day. I go once a week now because I'm busy. I work, time I have two kids I have two dogs I'm not doing everything that I want to do in life but baby steps you know I'm um I have goals and aspirations and I know that they take time um so I just wanted to you know call with an update and let your listeners know that you know things get really hard but they do get better time heals everything um I love your podcast. I love listening to you guys. Sometimes I live vicariously through you. I wish that I could do some of the things that, you know, people my age do, but my time will come. I have small children. I have to focus on that. And then when they're grown, I have, I'll have plenty of time to do what I want to do. You know, um, I have a boyfriend now and that is wonderful to be with somebody that, loves me and shows me that they love me um again I love your podcast I think you guys are great the dynamic between you and Christina is great you balance each other out very well and uh I've been listening since day one and I'll continue to listen I don't know why it took me so long to call you guys with an update but I'm doing it finally procrastination at its finest so um thanks talk to you later bye
2: Okay, I'm glad that, that we got that update. Um, and normally we don't just randomly play an update, but I don't know what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to say that this is really crazy, guys. And this is obviously the kind of thing no one ever wants to be right about. But I had a fucking feeling that this was, this was going to go this way for her when she called. It was very alarming because... She said she's a young mom and she likes to drink. And I remember this call because this had to be in one of our first, like, 30 episodes or something. She just wanted to know, like, what was too much for a young mom to be drinking or something. It was essentially that. And God. I remember thinking that's really bad if you have to ask yourself that. Like, and it's 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 scary because anyone who has to ask themselves that or admit it to themselves, it's already a scary thing. And – um when you put on top of that, that this isn't about just you anymore. It's about your young kids. I was really, really worried about you. And so I'm so fucking glad to hear that. That's like crazy. Um, proud of you, girl. That's wild. What do you guys think?
3: I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's bananas. And actually the fact that the divorce became sort of the impetus to then check, check yourself into rehab. Like, That's huge, and I just can't even imagine, like, the reserves of, like, grit that you have to draw upon instead of, like, doing your your normal thing. Like, I have, like, a really um, addictive personality when it comes to certain things, especially, like, my tried-and-true crutches. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you didn't, like, she didn't, like, spiral is, like, I'm like, holy shit, that's, like, wild.
2: Unbelievable, and that you have two and a half years sobriety. I mean, almost two years sobriety. She said that's incredible. Yeah. And um, well, uh, another thing I I wanted to say is that I um, I just have to say that like it's always a question that I bring up on the show whenever people talk about Real Housewives doing coke or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm always like. What mom is doing blow like that's you can't like what? And to hear that that's that's it got to that point for you makes me so much happier because that's really where I worry about you know, what a great mom you must be now and how you can show up in a different way than you were able to before. And that you you must have been really hurting when you were
3: putting yourself in that position. I'm really glad
2: also, that you called co
3: parenting with like this dude who cheated on her. I know and that's what I'm really with, like thinking like, about the, the Ugh. chick, like. Yeah. I think it's, like, it sounds hard, Mm -hmm. and it sounds like a sustained kind of hard. And so, like, not only is it just, like, just fucking impressive, it's just, like, continues to be, like, Mm -hmm. that is, like, so fucking selfless and solid.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the best of scenarios, it's hard to, like, hold it together that much, but then to be, like, faced with that every day is... Dude, yeah. life is, like, so
3: hard. <laughs> it is like so
2: hard. Adulting,
1: man. I yeah.
2: know. It's, it's so hard, and it's really, like, it's crazy considering none of us asked to do it. So, like, it's just it's just a wild thing that people choose life every day. I have to tell you. It's fucking, I think it's, a really, honestly, when I think about it, I blow my own mind because it's just so intense, man. It's, there's so much, to, there's so much, we're up against so much as just human beings. It's wild. And I'm so... Impressed and proud of you. Thank you for calling with an update. That was really nice. Um, like, really glad to hear that. Um, okay, I'm going to place a new call.
0: Hey, Christina, My name is Rachel, and I'm 28. And I was calling because I've had a bit of a problem with what I would call a light stalker. It's somebody that I know from a uh, past program that I was a part of so I kind of knew him a little bit um, but he has started showing up to my work and coming in and he knows I have a boyfriend and he'll continue to ask about him and he pointed out that he knew which car I drive and um, yeah it basically every time he comes in I get so surprised and freaked out that I don't really know what to say and I My boss is, like, getting on me to, like, stop him from coming in. I've just tried to be, like, cold and short, and every time I think he's done showing up, he shows up again. And the last time he came, he actually just sat outside my work um, for a few hours in the evening, so that was a bit unsettling. But, yeah, I was just wondering what you think I should actually say to him and how I could prepare myself to actually say it. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.
2: Okay, I'm fucking sorry. Your boss is on you to tell
3: her to stop coming in. We were all taking notes furiously when she said that.
2: (laughs) That is some inappropriate shit. That your boss needs to stop that girl, and you need to tell your boss that they not only should do that, but that they need to know that they should be doing that. They're a fucking boss.
3: Yeah, actually, like that's the thing is if if he's coming to your workplace, you need to tell. I think you need to tell your workplace immediately that this is something that's happening. That it's not cool. They need to like have some sort of security situation with the parking lot because this is something that like I know you clarified and said it was a light stalker but this shit escalates so goddamn quickly take it seriously yeah. definitely definitely take it seriously and I think that you have to be completely direct with this person so that there's no like self gaslighting going on where you're just like super clear that this is not what you want And that it has to stop immediately. Sadly, like, you know, things like restraining orders and da-da-da, like, do them, but they're mostly kind of useless. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think that that is really important to remember in terms of, like, lulling yourself into a false sense of security. They're also
2: hard to get. They're Mm -hmm. also –
3: yeah, and, like, literally, like, you could move or, like, something changes and then it's, like, a whole thing again, Mm -hmm. which is really, really difficult. But I think you should – Treat this light stalker as a heavy, deep, problematic, fucked up stalker. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Totally,
1: yeah. I can't even process this. I'm like, also, men are trash. Like,
2: I'm so tired of of shit like this. Yeah, yeah. It's he's gonna make you as uncomfortable as possible. He's shown that he doesn't care. He has. He either. Um, lacks the ability to know that you are uncomfortable or he sees that he's making you uncomfortable and he continues to do it anyway. Which you
3: have to look at the motivation of something like that. If this guy knows that you're uncomfortable and is doing it anyway, it means that's what's like fueling him. Mm -hmm. And like, so, yeah, like this is all bunk. And I I don't mean to be like, holy shit, like let me be really alarmist about this. I think you should prepare for the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah gird your loins and do all the things that you need to do have a plan for like where you can go because you don't want to go home like tell your boyfriend be super upfront with him about the situation and definitely tell this guy like and be clear and like non-escalation-ish but yeah this is like really not cool and it's it's like freaky so i
1: think too when you like you you need to take a hard line with this guy, and then you need to stick to it because people like this. If you were to say, "I don't want to see you anymore," this is I don't like this. Please stop coming here. We're done with this now. And he comes back tomorrow, and you go out there like I told you not to come. What are you, yeah, you doing have to call here? The cops. You need to like because that's what they thrive on. Or if he were to like show up tomorrow, the day after, 50 days in a row, and on the 50th day. You go out like I told you to stop coming. What are you doing? He like that just tells him he needs to do it fifty times in order to get up. you to come yeah. out. So when you do it, you need to be sure and you need to like remove yourself as much as you can. Have your plan like you you have to be firm. I'm yeah. so
2: glad you just said that. I'm mm-hmm. so glad because this is the exact kind of thing that people try and minimalize all the time. What I see that you're doing it to yourself. Um, so I only can imagine like if especially if your boss is being so fucking inappropriate about it as well. You can only imagine that this is being minimalized to you in a lot of ways by other people, like haha, that's funny. When I had a I dealt with a stalker not that long ago, a couple years back, and I had multiple people like, but, but like how many times? And it's like <laughs> Does it fucking matter to does it matter that I don't like it just the point is I don't feel safe in my house. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Like, and that's this the is thing. like
3: hundreds of years of Pavlovian conditioning, too, mm-hmm. that like women are just like, it's not that big of a deal yet mm-hmm. and all that shit. And I know that it's like you're just trying to convince yourself not to make a huge deal out of this. Mm-hmm. But like this is a huge deal.
1: Yeah. And you need to not fall into the trap of like, as soon as I take it seriously, he's going to like, it's going to get worse. Like it might get worse, but like, it's, it's not going to go away. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go away if you ignore it. And yeah, I would take it seriously. It's important with this stuff to take it seriously and create a record of the behavior. Like yes, you do not want to be your own record keeper of this thing. You need like you need police else, reports. Yeah. You need, need I don't know, like someone else to take photos. Like, like you need documentation of this stuff because you don't want the first time he breaks in your house or something like that for the police to come and be like, uh, this is the first time you're like, this guy's been stalking. me." They're like, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. But it's like when you know the pattern of behavior, you need to make it known to everyone else. You need to take it seriously.
3: Yeah. yeah. And actually, like, even confronting that pattern of behavior, like, committed to paper or seen by someone else, I think that that will really clarify the severity of the situation to you. Yes.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. You guys, I'm really – thinking. I'm really glad that you were the guest for this call because – you have three women at this table who would probably feel the same way as you if, like, in a, in a different world or whatever. But all three of us are, like, fucking up, clearly appalled by the situation <laughs> and worried for you and also just want you to be proactive. So um, I really... I appreciate that you guys were here to answer this. Thank you so much. Um, okay, let's take another call, and then we'll wrap it up.
7: Hey, I Christina. Um, I am 24, live in New York City. Um, and my question is, like... I got out of a relationship about, like, you know, four months ago, we had been together for a year, and so I broke up with him, and I started dating this guy who I randomly bumped into at a bar, um, who I went to college with, but for interesting circumstances, he's 12 years older than me. He was in the war, so after, um, he finished his, like, whatever stint over there, he went to college, and it was the same school as I went to, so, um, we bumped into each other, and we've been dating for, like, three or four months, and we've just kind of been hooking up, and it's been, like, very, you know, no big deal, and I'm not really taking it too seriously, but we're having a, a lot of fun. Um, but, like, I tell my friends about him, and everyone is, you know, completely judging the situation, and they keep, like, making yeah. fun of me think he's too old and all of this stuff, but I don't really see any, I guess, age difference simply because we were in school together, so... I just want your advice on how to deal with my friends. Like one of them, for example, were like, if you guys get married, he's so much older than you, you're just going to watch him on his deathbed. And I kind of said the joke jokingly, like, shut the fuck up, but I don't know, there's only so many times I can kind of say that to someone before I'm like, dude, like, he's not even my fucking boyfriend, like, does it really matter so much? So please advise on how to say fuck off in a not-bitchy way.
2: Thanks.
4: First oh of God. all, love
2: the ambient on that. Yeah. Uh, can I just say that, like, if I understand this cor- question correctly, you just need to get new friends? If- Hello, <laughs> totally. And also,
3: Casey will agree my with golden your friend, though. Girls comes yes, to bear. I know. I was like, oh, I'm damn. So no, but, like, yeah, your friends are trash. Sorry. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that they can't even support you for something. And, like, I, I hear you, man. Like, even the fact that you're, like, saying, well, he's not even my boyfriend. Like, The fact that they make you defensive like that Mm -hmm. and have to qualify this thing that is like a burgeoning romance, like you don't have to label it, like labeling it, not even my boyfriend is labeling it, so don't like set yourself up like that. But yeah, like, I hate this type of passive aggressive fucking like, oh girl, I'm just joshing shit. It's like Mm. toxic and it's it's garbage and to be honest, it's like 24 and 36, big fucking whoop. (laughs) Like, this is someone who's obviously just ancient, so I can say that, because I remember 24 and, like, I have pants older than you, but, like, (laughs) yeah, like, 24 is still old enough that if you can't call upon your friends to support your decisions, then they're not friends. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, you're young. You can make new friends.
2: I did just realize, too, 24 is young. Like, that's when uh, people are, uh, when you're 24, your friends are probably 24, too, you just announced shit that no one asked you about. Like, no one <laughs> asked your friends to, what if you guys got married? No one asked them that. So, But I do remember that was an age in my life where people, I just remember commenting on and having people comment on things that no one was asked about.
3: But the thing is, there's something about the way she positioned this call that it sounds like this chronic running joke. Mm-hmm. So it's like, one, I mean, going back to what we are saying earlier, it's like, you should be clear that this pisses you off Mm -hmm. Mm. and just, you know, don't be like a fucking like table flipper. Like, you know, fuck me, fuck you (laughs) or whatever. But like, just let them know like, yo, like this is kind of, this makes me feel bad. Why would you do that? Like, Mm -hmm. don't do that. Right. But also like, yeah, don't qualify it. Don't like, and also, yeah, dead ass. Like you are young and you're, you guys are just dating. Mm -hmm. Right. It's fine. Yeah.
1: You have nothing to feel bad about, David. Yeah,
3: but you also just sound annoyed, so you should just sort of, like, you know clap back a little yeah yeah
2: I, th- yeah I think it's time to start hanging out with some new friends and don't make them his friends by the way you need to go
3: uh, <laughs> oh yeah don't do that that's like terrible that's yeah. how you
2: that's how you lose yourself and become some 34 year old man's bitch or whatever like you just I have anytime I've made friends with all my boyfriend's friends it's been a big mistake for malls <laughs> so um, you guys thank you so much for being here thank you for answering these questions as well as you did and you're so articulate and fun and I just fucking I'm so excited I got to meet you guys Jolie's the best Guys, where can people find you
3: online? That's a good question. Well, I'm just gonna plug this because I turned in my fucking novel this morning. Oh, so yeah. that comes out in March. Congrats on your book deal. Oh, oh my yeah. god. So buy that. And you can find me at com or at Troy to the World on
1: Twitter. Um yeah. Oh, and my podcast is called Hey Cool Job. It's about jobs.
2: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Um my Twitter is at Casey Johnston. I think my website now is caseyjohnston.net. I'm not. Really, it's it's changed a couple times. I'm pretty sure it's Casey Johnston.net. <laughs> and I am also a regular columnist at the hairpin. I write a column called Ask a Swole Woman mm-hmm. about lifting weights and strength and nutrition and, and self-care empowerment. and empowerment. And actually,
3: some of the best advice I've ever gotten has been from Ask a Swole Woman and directly from Casey Johnston, because she is really good at like self-love and self worth well, and I'm you. trash at that so,
2: so yeah, yeah I was saying garbage on it <laughs> um, um, 300 pounds also we realized like after both you and I had that moment we were like 300 pounds
3: is really
1: heavy like yeah.
2: at, that's very impressive thank you you can really do that
1: yeah
3: for it why? would be so cool if
1: you like
3: why would you do that <laughs> why would
1: I yeah how'd you get into it I just like all the knockoff effects of like strength that you just like feel really good you get to like like you're Mobile and things don't hurt, and well, the thing is, eat a lot of food, and and um, you
3: feel strong work like walking around the world,
1: yes, or like it's like you need to carry something, you can just carry it. It's not like, oh no, a 40 pound box, also, you can fight people, yeah,
2: yeah. Christina, who does this podcast with me, she and I always talk about. I mean, she doesn't feel afraid for her life all the time. I feel afraid for my life all the time if I'm walking around at night (laughs) or something. Terrified. And Christina knows self defense. Like she just knows how to fight. She knows she could she could protect herself if need be. Like if I didn't have a direct grab of like the crotch, then I'd just be <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm yeah. done. I'm taken out. Mm-hmm. So no, you're right. That is and and by the way, like I realized that all of the reasons you just listed, it didn't even click for
1: me until you said I can eat a lot of food. I was like, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. It I was would like love that. it was like a 180 change when I started lifting weights. It was like immediate. Also, and eating opposite. food is hard for you now because it's a little bit of a chore. Yes, I am like I've I've been bulking, eating a lot of a lot of food. And I am just so over it, like, today. Like, I was like, I can't hurt. I can't eat anymore. So, like, for dinner, I just had, like, half of a cheese fry order, and that was it. Like, I am just... I need a break. I need a break from do all the eating. Do you dating.
2: have a goal? Like, are you stopping somewhere? Tonight? No. I mean, like... <laughs> what? Like, what are you doing, no. after? I missed yeah, totally. all of
1: that question except I'm just saying, like, somewhere. do you have,
2: like, do you have a goal? Like, do you have, like, a... If you can deadweight oh. 500 pounds, are you like, I'm good? Or is it just... For as much as you can. I don't
1: know. My my motivation to like really achieve anything with it sort of ebbs and flows. So sometimes it's just like I show up at the gym and like do what I can and leave. And then other times I'm like very goal driven and like, OK, I want to get stronger. Like I'm going to eat this much. I'm going to do this, this and that at the gym. So sometimes fucking around and sometimes it's like. Yeah, but you know what? Also
3: on the whole note of like <laughs> um, I get to eat whatever I want, whatever. Apparently, and this is something I learned from her, weightlifting isn't like cardio you can get a workout in like 20 minutes or something
1: yeah you can do like literally (laughs) three sets of five with three different exercises like you're done for the whole day yeah for three three times a week that's and that's it like it's so it's so little cardio too no
2: Jesus, why I aren't I
1: just doing that? Exactly. That's why I'm out here with this column, like, She's yelling out at here. people. I'm out, I'm out here.
2: Oh, my God. I have so much to fucking learn. <laughs> um, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Audience, thank you for listening. I think we're done here in New York. I'm not totally sure. So if, um, if this is the end of our, my little uh, trip to New York, I'm very happy about it. Um, thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.